Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah, we're here. Go. Now we're here, right? Question always is, how do we get here? How do we get here? If I'm just telling my story, anybody that's listening, I can only tell my story. I can tell you how I got here, right? Sitting with somebody that has been here since the, be- the beginning of what I call my profession, my first fitness coach, a boss, a father, an entrepreneur, a mentor, even if he doesn't even understand that he is, a guy that I've always looked to, like, if, if, if he's doing it, it's gotta be, there's gotta be truth to it. Where I started my CrossFit fitness career, Jesse Crespo, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're welcome, sir. I appreciate all the kind words, man. It's, uh, it's humbling for sure. Um, you know, you've always been one of my favorites, and I know my wife's favorite because you guys have a, a great relationship as well. Um, I know you got you wanted to bring her in, mm-hmm. but uh, she has that busy life at Comcast now, so uh, eventually we'll get her on. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I remember coaching you and having you come in as, as an athlete, and I think all of us as coaches, when we get former athletes um, – that move well, understand what we do, it, it makes our job mu- that much more fun. Right. So it was easy enough to coach you and uh, kind of watch you um, evolve from, I don't want to say, uh, you were kind of like a little, little shy, chill, whatever, but into uh, a great human being and a great man um, and doing what you're doing, you know, all these years down the road, it, it's cool to watch and, uh, you know, I think about it like this too is, you know, back in the day where we were, you know, so many new people were together, learning the sport, working out, having fun, doing good things or whatever. And then people start to spread and you're like, well, why? I mean, why is that happening? And you kind of feel shitty about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think as you get older and as you grow and, and, and um, become more mature right. and have all these experiences, you understand that uh, th- they always going to want something, so you did your job. Mm-hmm. You know, you did your job to, to get the word of health and fitness out to them because now they're going to get it to other people. Right. And if we keep that evolving... Coach a coach. Coach a coach to be a coach. Exactly. Like, two, so th- we're talking 2011. 2010. Yep, 2011. We're in Odelsey Drive, sweetie. Right? So anyway, if you've been around, listen to this. If you've been around Seven Railroad, understand that there was a place prior to that. That place was the place where I started. Right? So sweetie, we shared that space. That was awesome. That was that was a cool experience because you you wrote the map. You you would you guys one force the idea like Track it back. I say I'll say it. I said it before. I'll say like you made this shit cool. You you made it in my eyes anyway. You know what I mean? As a businessman, how did that happen? It was it, it was it was fitness and then it turned. How did it turn into uh, business? What is One Force? Uh, I mean, basically, One Force is uh, it, it's kind of unique. Um, you know, I I was. In the Air Force, prior to all that happening, uh, the privilege of serving in the Air Force, close to six years active, and then uh, I finished the rest of my time in reserves. But uh, I remember when I got back from my second deployment, uh, 
Aaron just kind of surprised me with a garage gym. And I was like, oh, cool. And, you know, at, at that deployment, I remember her sending me thousands of dollars of rogue equipment. Mm -hmm. And I was training people out there. And I kind of got my foot into that. And I've always been training people, even at my first deployment, which was a few years before that. But, uh, yeah, she, she got me to stop. And she's like, hey, you want to um, just start training people in the garage or whatever? And uh, I was like, yeah, cool, let's do it. Uh, I was still working at the time, so I didn't really have like the the openness as somebody else would. So like on off days, I would do it. So it was kind of sporadic at the time. But uh, it became more just friends that she works, you know, has been friends with and I guess um, a mother with, I should say, mother, I'm losing my words here. Mm -hmm. She has other mother friends that came to the the garage. I remember we had like 15 or 20 at some point. I was like, God damn, where's the guys at? And she's like, oh, they'll come, they'll come. And then one day we had a workout where it was like outside in the garage. It was like summer and it was, I think, like 21 people. And obviously it's a two-car garage. Right. It ain't big. Right. We're in a damn lawn and shit. Neighbors getting pissed off. Right. So at that point, we're like, um, I think we need to start pursuing this and uh, find a location. And uh, how we came up with One Force is for all you CrossFit OGs out there, if you guys know who Freddie Camacho is in China Cho, they're all married. He had a gym called CrossFit One World. Mm -hmm. And I always wanted the word force to be in the gym, the CrossFit force or whatever it may be, because I feel like this is such a powerful word. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and me being in the Air Force, too, has kind of played along with it. So she says, one night at dinner, well, what about One Force? And I go, yep, that's it. That's it. That's it. No question. And uh, we found our location, which was Sweet E, like you said earlier. Um, in July, we did the whole month of July for free. Mm -hmm. And we probably trained around 500 athletes. Easy. Easy. I mean, I remember. What year? Um, what, that's 2009, 10. What year is that? So I think we, we've been in existence since 11. Okay. Um, so I'm pretty sure it could have been the summer of 11. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I remember her one time, we, were, uh, we had a, a family vacation down in Ocean City for the week. We ran out of house and we still had to go because we had all this going on. And I think we planned a vacation so far in advance that we had no choice but to keep it because right. all this was going on. And she's like, yeah, I trained 140 people. By herself, um, <laughs> mind you, I don't even think we had like much equipment and stuff. Right. Like it was an absolute right. shit show. Right. But uh, she obviously with her, she's she's great with people, and she's always she always figures it out. Yeah. Um, it's something that I've kind of been uh, admired to, um, being married to her and being together with her. So uh, yeah, we I think we converted about eighty right off the first month, mm -hmm. like get go, mm -hmm. and then. I think CrossFit was so new at that point that once we got it out there, we did very limited um, advertisement. Right. It was more, I mean, a little bit Facebook here and there, but it's just word by mouth. Yeah. People got excited. It's a new thing, you know, whatever it may be. And uh, it kind of just went from there. I mean, I remember we were having three, two, one classes and we had to have people like wait till the first of the month right. to start. They couldn't start right away. Right. And those classes would be pretty much sold out, 20, 25, 30 deep. Same idea, so you were, it was in the garage. I remember, I remember it was 
it was packed. Driveway, the, the time, for one of the first or second times I was ever there, threw up. It was, but we were working in groups of like four or five. And there were so many people in that parking lot. And we, all we had was a set of dumbbells. Like, but how did that sharpen you as a coach? Limited, we're talking limited equipment and a mass amount of people. How, how does your brain work there as far as programming and even like group management? How did that? Uh, I think what we need to realize, and this is stuff that I've learned over the years, is uh, making fee- people feel comfortable mm-hmm. as soon as they step into the door or wherever they work out. Right. Making them feel comfortable. As you, as you all know, it's very intimidating when you come into a gym and you see someone hanging, swinging around, or snatching a crap ton of weight, or whatever it may be, it can be very intimidating. So just kind of creating relationships and making people feel almost at home. Um, I think this is the reason why we still do what's called roll call to this day. Mm-hmm. It's something that I did at, um, when I was in the military. Before every shift, we did it. We go over announcements, whatever it may be, whatever's going on. We still do it to, do it to this day, and uh, we do announcements we have a question a day usually it's funny right. uh kind of gets people moving whatever and especially it's more beneficial for the newer person because right. then they're like all right this is not too bad yeah. you know what i mean yeah. it's i always say the hardest thing is to walk through the door right. um so yeah managing creating relationships is really really important mm-hmm. before anything else and then it's just fitness i mean fitness i have a different outlook now than i probably have had set five, seven, ten years ago. Right. Um, I, I think I've kind of taken a, a different approach and more of that health and fitness approach. Right. And not necessarily, I'm not getting away from CrossFit. I've never been like that. I've always been unique to the point that we need to do a little bit of everything mm-hmm. to be beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> the, the words, right? So we get caught up on words. And, and like you said, it was new. It was a, a new word, a new style of fitness. They use the word and it tracked. 800 people to you in the first month, right? So CrossFit has been around long enough to now be able to have a stigma, whatever it means. It's fitness, man. It's it's moving your body. It's about being able to get up off the ground when you're 70, 75 years old. Exactly. It's, it's about a, a, a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's fitness. Call it what you want. Put whatever tag you want on it. Um, that shit gets me fired up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Community, right? So obviously the way you treat people... Oh, I've never felt unwelcome, you know, community, the one-on-one time, making the, somebody walks into the first, in, into the door the first time. How do we, how do we create that? Uh, I think, well, obviously it starts with most business owners that you know or know, or most people that know on as far as like inquiring about a gym is, uh, you know, they email you, we tell them the schedule, whatever it may be, we'll meet, um, one-on-one if possible if mm-hmm. not they have to go to a class whatever i would say try to get there a few minutes early right. but again it's more of you come in you you know introduce yourself where you're from um have you done any of this have you done any, have you have any experience were mm-hmm. you off the couch or were you a former athlete right. um do you have kids whatever it may be. it's like that's the most important i think stuff to talk about right. before they get into the gym because then when you by by doing that you're you're acknowledging that person's kind of life really in a quick like two three minutes 
And then when you get into deeper in the conversation about the whole fitness thing, then you can kind of reflect back to questions and kind of figure out where this person's coming from, what they want, right. whatever it may be. I mean, you could kind of know from a, a owner or coaches or just based on experience that if this person wants it right. or if they don't want it. Right. You know, it's it's uh, we can only do so much as far as encouragement. Mm -hmm. But uh, at, at the end of the day, sometimes we can't hold their it's hand. It's a decision. It's a decision where we say, well, how do we get more people in here? It's t it's not a sell. It's not a sell. It's tough. You have to want to just, but it's our job to make it as welcoming and comfortable. First time in, in, in the box. It's up to us as coaches to make people. It's a relationship building. Build the relationship. It's, it's not. It's not someone coming in and, and signing up. It's how did you get here? Like what drove you here? Talk to me. How understand how this is going to help you outside of here? Like it, it's so much more than fitness. It's so much more than fitness. And you're a pioneer, man. You're a pioneer. I try, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm still learning, like everybody else, and I, and I continue. I mean, I, I think. Obviously, due to my my recent situation, uh, I, I look at life a, a lot more different now. Right. Um, you know, it was obviously crazy, whatever. It was uh, unexpected. Um, and basically, if you guys don't know kind of what happened is, you know, I had a routine jaw surgery in March of uh, this year. I had taken off work or whatever. I had the surgery, wasn't recovering right. Four days later, uh, Aaron brought me back to the uh, hospital, and basically, it was a shit show after that. You know, I had I had a uh, emergency craniotomy surgery. Basically, where my brain was uh, swelling to the point where it was like literally going to come out of my skin within an hour or two. So I literally had like an hour or two to, uh, hmm. if nothing happened, I probably would not be here today. Right. But um, the reason why I brought this up is what we do today is what saved my life. And I think uh, I think people have a tough time, not they don't have a tough time, but they have a tough time as far as understanding why we do what we do. Mm. Like the shit is functional mm. movement. It's, it's not functional movement, you vary the intensity, you get your heart rate up a few times a week, and that's it, you can live. Right. Um, you know, all the doctors said it. Well, if you didn't do what you did and you weren't a healthy, as healthy as you were, you know, it would be worse. You know, I seen some crazy shit when I was in rehab and in the hospital, or whatever. And, you know, I'm obviously, I want to say, people say you're lucky, right. but I like to say I created my own luck. Right. Because you were ready for this. Right. You were ready. You were ready. So it just took you out. Took you out. And you, what's that? Now we're not, we had trouble walking. How do we recover? What was recovery like that? Um, so based on what I had, it was pretty, pretty significant. And anytime my doctor saw my file, they'd be like, they look at the file and they look, keep looking at me and mm -hmm. didn't realize they're like, well, I mean, he should have a droopy arm or he can't, he shouldn't be able to walk or he shouldn't be able to do this. And that wasn't really the case. Yeah. Um, so I remember uh, when I first kind of happened, maybe like that first week, uh, I was dragging my right foot and then, you know, my wife was there the whole time just pretty much coaching me up saying, pick up your foot, pick up your foot. And I would do it right away and i fix it. And then... Practicing. Practicing, exactly, <laughs> practicing. Um, but, you know, it's practicing, I mean, as simple as walking, we do it on a daily basis, but we do it so much 
that it's ingrained, mm -hmm. it's muscle memory. So when something like that happens, like your body knows what the fuck to do. Right. You just have to like kind of go through a detour or two and it figures it out. You have to become very conscious and aware to, to actually make it happen. Right. I think my head was like to one side at one point and she's like, fix your head. Like she'd just be telling me, fix this, fix that. And I would, right. I would do it right away. Right. Like just, right. you know, because I wasn't obviously used to being in a state like that. Right. Um, it's like being injured. I can remember like having to sit out a week or a game or something, like knees messed up, can't practice for that. That would used to be the long, I was immobile in my field of comfort. Like, there's practice going on and you're telling me like, I got to stand here. Like I'm, it's, it's a low of a low and it's a different struggle. It's a different fight. And to be in that for a long period of time has to come from the, your previous training. You, you can't just wake up in this low place and be like, oh, well, I'll, now I can figure it out. Now, what have you been practicing? What have you been doing? You've been putting yourself through miserable mind situations, a crazy workout. Mm -hmm. You've been in the military. Like you, you've done some mind work and that needs the credit. It, 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 but it goes parallel with the physical fitness mm -hmm. because if your mind wasn't right and you're physically, it'd be tough to put the two together. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So when we say it's more than just fitness, it's more that, yeah, one, get up off the ground when I get older, but I, it helps me outside of the gym on my brain when I'm by myself. You know what I mean? I'm practicing yoga, mindfulness, all these things. And I'm maybe, I, I, I talk about it, I feel like I'm talking circles and sound crazy, but like laying on the ground, laying on the floor and just being aware that that is what you're doing. And then they say, pay attention to the thoughts or whatever it may be. What is coming up, you know? thoughts are going to happen no matter what. It's a matter of like, how are, you, how are you aware of them? How do you deal with them? And fitness, I believe, is something that will help you figure that out. Totally. And fitness. Uh, we're not talking CrossFit. I'm talking, mental mindfulness, that is fitness. Right. Yoga, all, the flow, all that, it's fitness. We forget about that, the simple stuff, you yeah. know? I always say, and it's funny, to kind of backtrack on the new people and how we welcome them and all that. And I say, listen, um, you can check out other gyms around the area. Um, it, everyone's different. Mm -hmm. A gym, there's a gym for everybody, the environment, whatever it may be. And then I kind of go along with, well, listen, you, like the gym, it's like 15%, mm -hmm. if that, if not lower mm -hmm. than what you really need to do. Right. You need to really get a hold on your nutrition, obviously, the quality, quantity of food. The sleep, mm -hmm. which is huge, because I'd never been a sleeper. I mean, Aaron could tell you, I slept like shit forever, and uh, I've kind of taken control of that. Yeah. Um, it's a huge deal. And stress management. Um, obviously, as entrepreneurs and gym owners, we're going to be stressed. It's just, it is what it is. Like, at this point, like, you kind of, you really can't, you know, control the external factors going on. You can't control what people say or do, whatever it is. You control what you do. You mm -hmm. be about you. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I've kind of taken a, a control, a, a big, like, control of that in my life. Right. You know, and I think we were talking about the whole, like, oh, I'm starting a podcast and all this shit. Honestly, um, probably after, I would say, four months after everything happened, five months, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck. Like, I, I don't know what I want to, like, I don't know what's going on or whatever like that. And I think, uh, I don't remember who it was specifically, so I don't want to be wrong, but 
they said, have you, you know, have you truly done everything in your life when you're laying on your deathbed? Mm -hmm. Like, can you regret or whatever? So basically, if you're about to die, like, can you, what's the word I'm looking for? Say that I've literally done everything in my life to be the best person I could possibly be. And once I heard that, fucking bolt just just switched in my head and uh now i'm like i I feel like i'm just different like i'm just you've experienced something you've crossed over into some different energy whatever it may be called what you want it was an experience yeah that you only you can understand and only you lived it and all you can do is tell your story and even the words that you try to find don't even make sense no it's (laughs) uh when you're about to die man it's you got shit going on in your head that you never thought couldn't ever you know mm-hmm. you never thought you could think of pretty much yeah yeah um and speak we're still in the, in the in the community chapter it's like that one that you're wearing on your chest that happened that community like when the way you guys rally and i'm not talking about just when when big dog goes down i'm talking about from what from i can remember sweetie like when we when when, when you guys decided you were doing something we're doing this for this we're causing this for this. We're raising this. For, it was like it happened. It happened. So, of course, that one stood up. Awareness. There, I, 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 I've never learned so much when that happened. You would talk on on the steps and being aware of symptoms of or, or early signs of stroke. Um, honestly, I wasn't aware. <laughs> you know. So I, yeah, what would you tell yourself? So pre-self, what would you? Uh, so backtrack, I mean, pre-self, like, just, like, what would I do, what would I, like, think, or whatever you mean, like, I mean, when I went, initially had a surgery, because I had an upper jaw surgery, uh, about two, two and a half years prior to that, mm-hmm. everything went fine, right. you know, I was out the next day, I was literally walking around the hospital two hours post-op, like, it was all smooth, right. um, then this time, I mean, sh- shit, I was, like, I think they were giving regular. me pain meds. I was throwing it up within five minutes. You know, I got released and I was supposed to get released. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember on the way home with Aaron, I threw up in the car like two more times. Uh, I sat in my room Something for four days. Different. Yeah, it was just, I felt drunk going right. to the dance. So to kind of, and I'm going to go over like the, the, I guess the steps and stuff that um, we kind of preach to people and I've told people on like blogs and just people in general when I talk about it is, uh, you know, I felt drunk going to the bathroom. Like I was literally stumbling mm-hmm. around. And basically that's a, a, they just added this, I guess, to their acronym. So the B stands for balance. Mm-hmm. The E stands for eyes. So eyes kind of just going all over the place. Uh, the F stands for uh, face, droopiness in the face. Um, What's the fast? So we got A is, hmm, I'm having a brain fart right now. Mm-hmm. I know S is speech, right. so slurred speech, and then T is time. Right. So the faster you get, or the faster someone I say or yourself acknowledges that something may be wrong, the better it may be because then they could catch it through a certain um, type of drug within like a certain, I think it's four or five hours. Right. Um, What's the A? I'm gonna have to think about that. 
But basically, yeah, those are the steps you kind of look for um, as far as that. And, you know, it was weird because it can happen to anybody. I remember right. talking to someone recently about it, and they said they, had a, they knew a guy that was like 65 years old, healthy, no issues, at the gym, started feeling weird, went home. Mind you, he probably had a stroke at this time. Right. He just didn't acknowledge it. Went home, like drove home. I think told his wife like the next day or two days later, I was like, hey, I feel weird, whatever. And she's like, you just had a stroke. You need to get to the hospital like now, right. like now. The sooner the better. Um, and, you know, I hear stuff in, in patients or when I was an inpatient uh, rehab and all that stuff. Like uh, a lot of times people that have strokes are probably in our like 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, you know, I'm a 35 year old man. Um, so I was obviously the youngest guy there. And I mean, it can happen to younger people. Remember our great friend, I remember Alicia, um, with the paralyzed left side and we used to hold her foot down and like put like straps in her arms to do pull-ups and all that. She had a, uh, a stroke at like 18 and she took aspirin and it saved her. It pretty much saved her. So it can happen to anybody. And it's like, I almost feel like it's uncontrollable unless you have some sort of clotting issue or whatever it may be. I mean, this is all still pretty new to me. It's just right. stuff just I've learned over the, obviously, the last few months. Um, but basically, you know, you feel off. It could be, a, like some, like I said, a balance thing. You're not walking straight. Yeah. Your eyes feel like kind of like they're rolling back or they're side to side or your pupils are small. Your face is all droopy. Those are all signs, you know, simply just bringing your arms out and saying, touch your nose. I think uh, they had me do that when initially, like, they didn't know what was going on. I, like, touched my chin versus my nose, like, something crazy like that. So that's how they knew something was going on. It's called, like, the neural testing. Um, it's, it's crazy, but to be honest with you, like, and I think uh, people get pissed off when I say this, and more poorly Aaron does. I, I'm kind of glad. Right. I'm kind of glad it happened. I, it may seem crazy, but I'm kind of glad it happened. Right. I feel better than I probably did before. I hear you. I hear um, you loud and clear. And I think it's just more taking control of my life itself from a, a stress management um, the whole sleep shit, like we talked about, the mm-hmm. whole nutrition thing. You know, I've like always you was been... already tight. You was already tight. You was already disciplined. You already had your practices, but that even made you even tighten up even more. And that's a sharp man, sharp man. And it's really that's perfect. It leads them to like, what are we talking to? If you're talking to you, we're watching this video. We're listening to this podcast. It's 2030. It's about to be 2020 right now. 2030 just happened. Talk to yourself for that. Talk to that guy. I mean, I think. The best thing to do is to put yourself in the most uncomfortable situations, um, learn from it, figure it out. Mm-hmm. And this, this can go along with life, fitness, whatever it may be. And the more experiences that you've kind of gone through, the better person you're going to be. Mm-hmm. Because this kind of goes along with too, like we could backtrack to when we were kids. We used to play with our friends. We play football, we play basketball, baseball, tag, manhunt, whatever it may be. We used to do that for hours, right. hours at a time. Right. Why where where do we do that now? Right. We don't do that anymore. So we we were already backtracking with today's day and age kids and our kids now. 
because they never had the opportunity to run from someone and jump over a fence. Is that Mm -hmm. ideal? No, but it's something they're going to learn. Climbing trees, like just dumb shit, dude, like dumb shit that you learn and you see it working with kids. Mm-hmm. Like kids can't even do a damn air squat mm-hmm. or a lunge because they haven't, they haven't, you know, played or whatever it may be. None of that happens anymore. So putting yourself in the most uncomfortable situations, getting exposed to a lot of things, learning, being willing to learn. Um, I was never a learner. I'm going to be straight up with you. I was never a learner. Like I learned the things I wanted to learn. Right. But when it came to school, I wasn't out of school guy. I was sports. I like sports. It's yep. Whatever. Your typical jock, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think as I got older now, I mean, I, I just told you I'm starting to go back to school and stuff. Right. And eventually I want to be a, uh, a high school guidance counselor. Maybe later on in life when I eventually retire from my profession. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I feel like I've had so many life experiences you know, I've, I, you know, I was just doing this paper and they're doing an introduction about yourself and I'm, just, and I'm writing all these things down. I'm like, damn. I mean, I'm not like bragging or whatever. I'm just like, shit, I've done a lot for a fucking 35-year-old guy and it's, most 70-year-old men don't do. It's amazing. And to think, so sitting where you are right now, we're gonna t- I'm going to call it, I'm going to say you're ahead of the game, way ahead of the game and have the capacity to be able to say, damn, in 10 years, a lot of things could happen. A lot of things could happen. And this much has happened to this point, I'm excited to go from here to whenever. Yeah. My guy, thank you for sitting down. Yeah, man. I appreciate Appreciate it. it. Thank you, guys. It's the Leaf Show. We'll be back.